What up, what up, everybody? This is Double G for the Fight Game Podcast. John, what an interesting week it was for WWE. Talk about the highs and lows of what a company can go through. And uh, it, I think the thing that is on the top of my mind, and, and we'll get, we'll get, we're not only going to talk about WWE, there's tons of stuff to talk about, but I kind of wanted to lead off with, we had hinted last week when we did our show, that there was something going on in Saudi Arabia. What we were hinting at was basically that the talent couldn't get home outside of Vince, uh, Brock, Heyman, uh, I think Flair, Hogan. Outside of those guys, everyone else was sort of stranded. And the story, you know, we, we didn't really know what the story was. And I think there's a couple different versions. WWE wants you to believe that the uh, there was some mechanical failures with the... With the planes, and you know, I think the folks who want to uh, tow the company line, I would say, are, are are saying that. And then there are others who are a little bit more frustrated and don't really believe that to be the case. Whatever it is, um, it, it was like a low of lows, and then all of a sudden, their creative just voila, like magic. They had two. I'm not going to count Raw. I didn't watch it because I heard. St- bad feedback about it but smackdown and nxt last night it's like there was like a uh, a syringe of creativity was just exploded into those two shows so wwe is both the goat and the hero this week when it comes to wrestling yeah yeah it's been it's been, been a wild ride um <clears throat> i'm surprised you had that feedback about raw i thought raw was pretty good actually and actually, I've, I've ever been a, like a quick three hours. And it's the first time I've said that in a long time about that show. Uh, the only thing I didn't like was that that crowd was just. I mean, you couldn't do anything to make a reaction out of them, and they and they're put on a good show. It's just just one of those crowds that seemed to be just like sitting on their hands, or maybe the sound was low. I don't know. It just wasn't. They weren't really reacting. They, they didn't look like they were reacting. But no, Raw was fun. Yeah, creative's been fun. I've been I'm enjoying this and. Well, I mean, I mean, if you want to compare, I mean, the, one of the things that you can compare are the main events from Raw and SmackDown, right? Mm-hmm. SmackDown was awesome. Like, if you if you ask me what's my favorite style of professional wrestling, I could point to that match with Adam Cole and Daniel Bryan and say, what they just did right there, that is the style of wrestling that I love. And then, fast forward to Monday... And Adam Cole and Seth Rollins didn't have quite as good of a match, and you know, and, the, and whatever. But I think you can look at those two things and go, okay, when you pull back on all the bells and whistles and just do a good wrestling show, you had SmackDown, and then when you bring the bells and whistles back, and you know, you kind of have to do whatever you have to do for three hours, then you have Raw. So I'm not even saying Raw was bad because again, I didn't watch it, but the feedback that I got was SmackDown was so much better than Raw. And I said, okay, well, I, I watched the correct show. Then that's the that's the one that, that you know that I, that I watched. Yeah, I mean, yeah, SmackDown definitely was better. I mean, I think it's just easier to watch because you know it's one hour less, right? I mean, but for me, this this Raw when I was I wasn't really going to watch it honestly. If if it wasn't for SmackDown, like SmackDown was so good, I'm like, oh man, oh shit, now I gotta, I gotta tune in to see what's going, what they're gonna follow up with. And I like what they follow up with. They kept the. NXT people strong and and continue on with that. So that was that was that was nice to see. So the uh, I guess the creative um, 
building towards Survivor Series, in a sense, because of everything that happened in Saudi Arabia, maybe, you know, by luck, by happenstance, whatever you want to say, by being ready, by, you know, Triple H, you know, sort of understanding, you know, the moment and, and, and the opportunity for his brand to, to be on Fox, which is the the biggest uh, of all the wrestling shows, SmackDown, you know, is seen by the most viewers of all of these wrestling shows. He was ready. His guys were ready. His his women were ready. And, you know, some of this is luck. They are now closing in on AEW mm-hmm. when it comes to ratings. It was the closest difference in the ratings was, was uh, this past Wednesday. And I thought... I know some people were predicting that NXT was going to beat AEW, and I didn't think they were going to beat them, but I thought it was going to be close. I didn't think it was going to be this close. Talk about winning the the ratings battle. Actually, it's not even the ratings battle. It's the uh, the overall audience battle by just the thinnest of of uh, of differences. And you know, even when it comes to the eighteen to forty nine demographic, NXTs was up. AEW's was slightly down. It's the closest mm-hmm. that, that they've ever been. So, obviously, WWE utilizing the TV that they do have to help this third brand. But again, it was like out of desperation in, in a sense because they didn't have a show for for uh, for Friday based on mechanical failures or you know Vince getting in a pissing contest with the Prince. Whatever whatever the the actual story is. They luck into this thing, and my question to you is, do you think they're going to be able to keep up the momentum? Because my fear, I'll tell you what my fear is, is that Vince looks at these numbers and goes, ah, you know, this is great, gets his hands dirty a little bit more, and then, you know, we kind of don't have what we just had for this, this last week. Um, I mean, I'm always a little worried when it comes to the main roster creative, because it just, you know... Things you've seen so many things start off really hot and and then get their legs cut off for one reason or another or just something something changes for the worst. So I'm gonna hold out a little bit of faith just because it's Triple H's baby is NXT and I don't think he's gonna want it to be hurt that much. I mean I know Vince is the final say whatever Vince says goes, but I think Triple H has Vince's ear a little bit more. With stuff, so I, th- I think he's definitely gonna fight. I think I think after Survivor Series, I think NXT's gonna come out fine, um, and they'll be you know definitely be elevated with uh, some more eyes on them. Maybe people want to check out Wednesdays. Look like that's what happened on this past Wednesday. I think you know people said, hey, let's let's, let's watch this NXT stuff, see what's going on. These guys are and gals are interesting. So, so so do you think it was the idea that WWE talent was gonna show main roster talent was gonna show up on NXT, or do you actually think? AJ Styles going to NXT was the reason for the extra viewers because I'm kind of uh, WWE doesn't you know they don't market you know very uh, very much in advance and so after Raw I'm trying to remember when I knew that they were going to show up on NXT because I wonder if people thought there was going to be more than just the OC because based on the the TVs. You know, it's NXT. There's like a crew of those guys, and you would. I wonder if people thought, well, a crew of WWE's guys are gonna get get some revenge. But uh, it was just those three guys, 
And I do wonder if uh, what the reason was. Was it those three guys? Was it the idea of, of more? Was it just the fact that people think the shows are all of a sudden hot because of this? Like, I, I am interested to see, you know, what, what was the reason for the rise in the ratings? I think it's just a continuous thread of the storyline. I think people were generally interested from Friday to Monday with this NXT storyline, where it's going to go. And they probably wanted to see what was going to happen on the NXT show. What will the rebuttal from the main roster be? And I liked what they did on NXT. And I, I liked the idea it wasn't like a million people from the main roster showing up at NXT. I think it kind of put got people here. And I think the OC was a perfect, perfect group to kind of start this stuff off with. And if you are right, and you you may very well be right, because I also thought the same thing, just the continuity of an actual storyline that plays out over three shows, this is also what WWE is terrible at, which is mm-hmm. keeping the continuity. You know, they're the king of starting and stopping something and then not explaining it and just hoping that people forget it because it, you know, they're not doing it anymore. So that is also my biggest worry, which is we have this week of TV – and then I know they're traveling. They actually are, uh, I think, what? Uh, Europe, Smack- right? Yeah. And, uh, I don't know if it's this week. I think it's maybe No, it next- is this week because they, they filmed 205 live matches at full sale this week during the during NXT. Okay, because I, I know... Uh, so Okay, so SmackDown will be on a little bit of a delay, but Raw is going to be on a big-time delay. Yeah. So, you know, maybe, maybe that helps... The case, you know, in a sense, because they actually have to tape it in advance and they can, like, produce the hell out of it. But I do fear that, you know, the thing that they're not good at is what the fans may be wanting, which is some continuity, which is synergy between all three brands, which is remembering what happened on TV two weeks ago and following up on it. That's the stuff that they're really, really bad at right now. So, um, I, I hope that, you know, I, I'm, I'm interested, you know, I probably will never really get back to watching Raw just because it's not, it's not easy for me to do, but, you know, hell, you know, I'm, I'm watching NXT, it's, it, I can pop in on SmackDown on the weekends, get that quickly, so mm-hmm. I'm intrigued, you know, for this week for sure, um, but, you know, as we talked about last week when we, I was talking about the Lesnar and, and Kane Velasquez thing, where I just feel like, Man, if I, you know, if I set my expectations too high, you know, I just feel like they're going to let me down. And, and hopefully this isn't the case. Hopefully they really do something here. But also the other because I'm so cynical about them right now, the other thing that I fear is like, OK, what, what happens post Survivor Series? Like what, what can they do to keep, you know, keep the synergy going and, and keep guys uh, on the different brands? Like maybe this draft thing. Maybe it's like the wrong thing to do. Like maybe that was like such a silly idea, and maybe the real idea is everybody's on every show, or at least they can be on every show because the, the fans, you know, seem to be into the idea that oh well, maybe someone's going to show up on NXT. Oh, maybe one of the NXT guys is going to show up on Raw, and it almost feels like we're I don't know two or three weeks in of this this. Uh, you know, the, this roster uh, split, and it already feels antiquated to me. It feels like that's the way that they've always done it, and they need to do it kind of how they're doing it right now. Yeah, I'm kind of, it'd be interesting to see what happens in the Survivor Series. I kind of, well, I'm kind of hoping that things kind of go back to where, you know, NXT's doing its own thing, and you got SmackDown and Raw doing their own thing. I, I'm a little worried about 
keep mixing the NXT crew with the main roster for so long because then I think that's then you're going to get stuff where you know you're going to beat people and they shouldn't be beaten at this time you know so I'm a little worried about that. Well, they've already done that, right? Like uh, NXT, the main event went to a non-finish. Like they already had, they're already thinking about that. Well, yeah, you don't want to do the finish this first match, no way. You know that though. That I had no problem with the non-finish. It's not. It wasn't about the finish that match. It was about what was going to happen afterwards and and lead up to what's next. And they did a really good job with that. No, yeah, I know. But what I'm saying is, is it's already on their mind, right? Because they, you know, they. Doing a non-finish isn't necessarily something that they never do, but you know, I, when when the other when the other shows trying to do all finishes, it, it, it does stand out when they did a non-finish. Like I agree with you. I thought it was the right thing to do as well. But when I'm watching the show, I actually rewound it like two minutes because I was like. Did I miss like what the decision was? Like, did they announce anything, or did guys just run in and, and nobody said anything? Like, so I was I was actually trying to figure out what happened, and actually went to read our buddy uh, Chris Aiken's uh, report on on uh, F4W because he he had written the report, and I was like, I need to read this. I need to make sure I understand <laughs> what happened here. But uh, you know, you can only I guess to your point, you can only do that so many times before the crowd just gets like, okay, like this is getting lame. Yeah, yeah, you can't you can't go to that well too often. But uh, I thought you know since, since NXT rarely does non finishes like that, at least at least since the USA run, um, they haven't. It you know it made perfect sense here, and um, you know people weren't thinking about the non finish; they were thinking about the you know the ending of the night, which was was great with a lot of layers involved in it. Yeah. Okay, so we technically <clears throat> have three matches for the Survivor Series. Right now, it's Brock Lesnar against Rey Mysterio. It is Becky Lynch versus Bailey versus Shayna Baszler. And it is the Viking Raiders versus the Revival versus the Undisputed Era for the uh, Tag Team Championship. Actually, none of the belts are on the line, but all the, tie- all, all the champions are facing each other. Yeah. And then on the night before, we have TakeOver War Games. And right now we only have two War Games match uh, matches: the women's match and the men's match. What did you think about <clears throat> um, the fact that uh, Shayna's girls are not in the match at all? Like, I like I didn't I didn't even really think about it because like, oh, you know, Shayna's not in this match. She's actually, or no, 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 she is in the match. So she she is in the War Games match, um, and her her uh, her cohorts are not in this match with her. Instead, it's Io Shirai, Bianca Belair, and then someone to be announced. I just feel like she's got a crew. Why is her crew not in this match with her? Yeah, I thought so, too. I thought that was that was interesting. I know Shayna's doing a really good job on social media, you know, saying, like, why why use all my resources when I can, you know, you know, it's six on four to be compared to like four on four, right? Yeah, so but they can't get in the cage unless yeah, uh, yeah, someone drops the I key know. or something. It was little- it was a little weird the four horsemen not in there maybe but I'm okay with it because who's on her team you know she has a really good team so um and this is all it's gonna be a really fun match it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun show I'm looking forward to takeover takeover's always good though they so do you do you think because she is in the match the night before and then she's also gonna be on Survivor Series like War Games is is 
you know the the, the ultimate mm-hmm. uh, the ultimate uh, you know feud ender or whatever. You know, it's a brutal brutal match. And then she's just going to go the next show on the next night and, and have a three way. It's got to play into the finish somehow that you know she just went through this brutal match and now is is wrestling on the on the next day. I, at least I hope it plays into you know what happens in the next match. Well, she better not be beat a surprise. Is all I gotta say. I'll be, I'll be pissed. <laughs> Bailey should be doing the. She should be losing that match. No one cares about her, right? I mean, I know, I know she's doing this new heel gimmick, but I mean. It's still just Bailey, really, you know. So like, I I think it's okay for uh, Shayna to for for Shayna not to lose here. I'm hoping. I hope that hope all the NXT people come unscathed. You know. I mean, I don't think I could, even the even the tag match. Well, I think actually I think the Undisputed Era could lose that match, which would be fine. But but Shayna would protect Adam Cole would protect for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so do you think that they're gonna do something with uh, with Cole and uh, and some and the Maybe I guess AJ AJ, AJ. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, you know th- I think that would be cool. Or Roddy, Roddy, and um, or an NXT versus WWE match. It could be Seth and the OC together actually against Team NXT, which could which could be. Um, oh man, if Seth's on the other team, that ultimately that, that makes the NXT team the baby faces. <laughs> um, it could be Cole and and Roddy, and it could be Riddle and and Keith Lee. You know, as a four foursome Team NXT yeah. against. Uh, how do they? Know. How do they get along with each other in this match? Well, they have to come together for brand supremacy, I guess. <laughs> you know. Um, I mean, I'm sure you can slip in Velveteen Dream. He'll be ready if he if he'll be ready by then. He has a back injury, and there's a few others, but there's a lot of doing a lot of injuries right now. But you know, I think that's be a good that'd be a good match. A traditional Survivor Series match. They haven't really announced a traditional Survivor Series match yet. And I think um, you know, Team Team WWE. You can you know, like I said, those guys versus NXT would be fun. But I don't know, it's not really brand versus brand versus brand then, right? I know if they, if they want to keep that thing, which I think is yeah. kind of silly. Like, I was hoping it would be it was going to be Seth and AJ and the OC against the Undisputed Era altogether. You know? Yeah, yeah. But then they all I was just I was thinking that, and all of a sudden here comes this graphic for this tag match, and I'm like, oh man, um, I thought that was silly. It's just because we have you have to put all the tag teams together, champions together. That's, that rule's kind of silly. I think you can kind of do something different. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I mean, you know, that's just what they've been doing, so they they decided to do it again. They're keeping with the theme of all that (laughs) stuff, so. Okay, so um, let's talk a little bit about the the shows that we watched last night. The most interesting thing to me is that, not to say that that, that, uh, AEW got a little bit too big for their britches, because I don't think they did, but what I think that they're doing, which is interesting, is they are studying rating patterns so much and then they're trying to counterbalance some of the stuff that we've talked about, which is the promos and the video packages, because there was a little bit more of that stuff on this show and less worried about, you know, action, 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 action. Now, from a pacing standpoint, mixing all of those three, Cody's promo, the Omega and Moxley video, the Jericho video with the wrestling... I thought it was maybe the best paced show that they've done so far. The best balanced show is maybe the better way to say it. 
And NXT is just kind of like you said, maybe last week or the week before, they're just kind of doing their own thing now. They're not even really worried about, you know, going past two commercial breaks, which they did in the very first match. And it drove me nuts because you got to see so little of that match and so many commercials. Um, but they're just doing their thing. And I don't know how much they are uh, they are really watching NXT or watching what the commercials are like, but or what the commercials mean for the ratings and all that stuff. But I just think that AEW is still learning. They're still experimenting. They're still figuring it out. It almost seems like each show of the five uh, has been different than than the other. Whereas NXT is just consistency, right? Like that's their thing. They're just this this show, and it runs, and you know they they hit all their spots, and they 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 have their commercials, and you know it's just slickly produced, and you know they they don't really miss anything. And so I just find it interesting this week. Like you could really see if you were watching closely like the differences in what they were trying to do. On one side, you're trying to build up a pay-per-view, so you need to build up all those matches. And uh, on the NXT side, you're, you're, you're utilizing an angle that, that worked on the other two shows, so you're building in that way for Survivor Series and TakeOver Down the Line. But I, I, I really... I, <clears throat> I, I think I enjoyed AEW a little bit more just because it seemed a little bit more fresh and a little bit more live, and you, know, you had Cody swinging for the fences with his uh with his promo work but you know NXT is just the consistent consistent show like you know what you're going to get you and you get it and you're generally happy about it what did you think about both shows and um you know just your overall thoughts on just kind of the style cuz i know that you think about wrestling shows in this way like you know starting off this way and and utilizing promos and utilizing all these different things like just your overall thoughts Overall thoughts, I thought both shows were really good, and actually, I enjoyed AEW this week. Nothing was offensive or made me like frustrated. It was a, not even the private party match. Come on, it was actually their best match I've seen in the past. <laughs> like they actually built the stuff um, more, didn't get out of hand. Uh, there was some, there was some stuff, but I'm not gonna harp on it right. You know, this week on this, it, I've all the same stuff I talked about before. Um, no, I, I like the AEW show overall. I mean, I got frustrated. One time, I, okay, one time I did get frustrated, and that was the opener. But like, but for the rest of the flow of the show, I thought it was really what really well done. I, I enjoyed the promo. You know, the Cody promo was freaking awesome. Uh, both shows had moments that I didn't like. Um, you know, I didn't like you know, on the NXT side. I thought, you know, Hec- uh, Hector Garza uh, and Hell Garza and. And Tony Nese mm-hmm. was like two to three minutes too long. I thought it just they hit it hit its peak where they should have went home and the crowd was hot and then they just, they just kept going and going and going. And you know, f- same same thing with AEW, the same thing. Like Trent and Pac did the same thing. Well, Trent, that finish was just well all screwed up. Oh yeah, the yeah the ref blew the finish. Um, but let's, beyond the ref blowing the finish, what was so frustrating about that match. I'm watching this match and I'm digging it, dude. I'm like, it was really good. I'm like, dude, Pac is like my probably my favorite guy in AEW when he when it comes to watching wrestle. Like, he gets his character. He's being a badass. He's he's a dynamite kid reincarnated. Yeah, he's cutting off like Trent's making these little comebacks. He's cutting them off. He's cutting them off. Cutting them off. And I'm like, all right, this is good stuff, man. Trent's gonna make a a big comeback and, he, and he's gonna get cut off. You know, it's gonna be it's gonna be you know it's gonna be a pretty comeback. Crowd's gonna go nuts. He's going to get cut off again, and boom, Pac's going to win. But no, 
out Chucky T, you know, distracts the referee. In comes Orange Cassidy. <laughs> in comes Orange Cassidy. Now Trent's gets 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 on top. Now now they continue to wrestle. It's like fuck all that time you had Pac beating the shit and cutting off Trent and really building something, building a nice big comeback for this dude. Now you fucking blew it with this bullshit. Now you're just having. It's like it's like what they did in the beginning didn't matter because they now 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 Trent was like 100 percent after getting his ass kicked in the beginning. Oh, it's just so frustrating, so so frustrating. That was like really really digging that match right into right honestly right when Orange Cassidy. I'm surprised my wife didn't come out with a red room. <laughs> right when Orange Cassidy popped up, and I said. Motherfucker! Like I was so <laughs> mad, dude, because I was like, "Why are you ruining this match? This is a, one the best wrestling matches this company has had since the since they started. It's right here in Hattel. They're building something nice here. Ah, oh, so frustrating. But uh, but everything else, I, I was digging, man. I did the main event tag match. I thought that was pretty good. Um, the girls went a little a little too long. It was good, but you know it was better than usual. Um, it, went, it just went a little too long. I think Jamie Hayter's like. Really talented. She's mm-hmm. so young, like she's in you know, four years, but four years of you know how many matches. So she's still really, really young. So um, I see a lot of potential in her. Um, I don't understand uh, what's her name, Sakurai. What's her name? The 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 Freddie Mercury girl. <laughs> like I, I, she's some kind of legend in Joshi wrestling in Japan. I, I they didn't so. even they didn't even really. I mean, they mentioned it, but I I wouldn't have figured she it out. She needs like a video package, mm-hmm. like and like. I don't know. I just can't, I don't I don't get it. I don't get it. And you know what feud I'm not really high on? Kenny Omega and Moxley, because I don't know who's the heel in Baby in this in this feud. I mean, I know Omega's a babyface, but like, why do I hate Moxley? And why do you want to take out Omega? Like, what is your issue with him? I think it's because at least, at least from what I understand, they were supposed to have the match. Moxley decided to go to Japan, mm-hmm. got hurt, and thus they couldn't have the match, and Kenny was mad at him, and then the reason why Moxley is upset is because Kenny basically said, yeah, you're trying to follow my footsteps going in Japan and doing all this stuff, and so Moxley's like, screw you, and so I think that's what the beef is, though, if you didn't know. watch, if you didn't watch the, um... A lot of their online stuff, you probably don't understand it. Like if you just watch the TV, you you don't get that part of it. But I think that's kind of okay. the story. Um, but again, you know, it's it's not something that they've explained very well. Yeah. And and neither of them has done like I know Moxley did a promo I think last week, but Kenny hasn't done that like you know that real promo. And maybe and maybe he they knew better than to have him try to follow Cody's promo. Um, but still, I, that's what I was waiting for. Was like, okay, Kenny needs to tell us why this is so important, yeah. and and why they're you know trying to kill each other with these weapons. <laughs> exactly. I'm just like, I don't get it. I don't get this program. The program I do care about is the freaking main event, which that is what you need. That's the most important match of your show. Okay, what did you think of the stip? Um, I, I'm I'm cool with the stip. I I like I like the odds and. I don't, I do you think Cody wins this one? I don't I don't think so. Like I <laughs> At first I thought, "Oh man, they just telegraphed him winning." And then I thought, "No, they're smarter than that, so he's not going to win." Mm-hmm. 
but they also have a really smart audience who's going to expect them to, you know, really uh, live up to the stipulation. And how long can you do it? And you know, maybe they have they have a really great idea as do far think as this crowd really care if they didn't live up to the stipulation. I think the crowd is. I mean, they're wants to see. They're popping for shin kicks. Orange Cassidy. Do you really think they they really fucking hate on the promotion if they've Cody all of a sudden ch- challenged the title in May? I don't. Think I, so. I think they'd be really frustrated because if Cody goes back on his word, what it is is just a WWE angle, and that's what this fan base hates the most is anything that is sort of talking down to them like WWE does. And so I think they would be really frustrated. Um, you know, if you look at our our uh, our Facebook thread that was in our in our group, and we were we were all kind of talking about this, and and I think guys were like, you know what? If if Cody stays away for a year, and then Jericho begs him into the match, then I'll be fine with it. But no one said, you know what? They could do the match next month, and, I, and I'll be totally fine. Like they were really like they expected AEW to really hold up this stipulation as much as they possibly can. Hmm. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, I hope they do. I mean, I hope they don't, not forever if he loses. I think he should eventually get a title shot. I mean, he is the most over babyface in the company. Um, I think they should. Uh, he should definitely win it sometime down the line. I don't even think he needs to beat Cody. To, I mean, uh, Jericho, you know, you could do a thing where, you know, Cody can never beat Jericho in any kind of match. Tag match, six-man tag match, whatever. And then finally, maybe Omega beats Jericho, and maybe that's. I don't. Is it just? It's just never have a title shot. It's not like as long as Jericho's champion, right? Yeah, I thought he should have said like, "I will never challenge you for the title." Yeah. But he did say, "I will never challenge for the title again." So yeah. that's yeah. interesting. Because I was thinking like maybe if you know, Omega beats Jericho, that kind of you know voids you know Cody. Now he's free to go after the championship, right? And yeah. And then maybe. You know, Jarek Cody eventually gets him some kind of stuff with Mega, and he eventually beats Omega for the big championship winning he's been dreaming about, you know, since he was a kid, like his father. Mm-hmm. And then now his first challenger is the guy he can ever beat, and that's Chris Jericho. You know? I mean, if we go back into the uh, archives of, of uh, you know, him challenging for, for <laughs> an NWA stuff, or Dusty challenging for NWA titles, there's got to be a, a storyline that they're copying here well, for, I mean, uh, for 2019. Jerry Lawler's done it. Uh, Lex Luger had that stipulation. Stark 88, never supposed to get a championship match again. Well, guess what? He got one in... Because uh, Sting got hurt? Yeah, because he got one in 90. <laughs> Might have got this one in 89. Actually, he did get an 89, actually, because because he did a loop with Flair in December or November at that 89 you know, they're doing, you know, matches. So, I mean, it's just it's one of those steps that will... I, I think I think they'll hold it for a, a long time, and then there'll be a, they'll have a good reason for him to change the title. All right, let's dig into these full gear matches, but I, I will say the part of the NXT show that I kind of was just like, are, are you guys trying to kill me here is... They do the Tainara match against Santana Garrett, and then the very next match is Dakota Kai. Thankfully, she's wrestling Shayna, but I was like, are you guys kidding? You're going to go Tainara and Dakota Kai back to back? Like, how? Like 
I wanted to change the channel right then and there, but it was like six thirty in the morning, it's, and I was not watching. To, I was not watching anything live. It's funny how you're talking about Tainara's. You know, is actually Santana Garrett, who's I thought was was pretty bad in that match. That's, I think Tainara's actually improved. Um, and Dakota Kai had her best match she's ever had in WWE. Well, I mean, she's wrestling Shayna, which yeah. made it a hundred times better. But I just see her, and then they did the you know the whole thing where. Rhea Ripley chooses uh, Mia Yim mm-hmm. instead of Dakota Kai, yep. and I'm like, that's the decision I would have made too. Yeah. That makes perfect sense think, to what me. What do you think's up with that? I don't know. I, I, I I'm not exactly sure, but yeah, I think I think the whole Tynara Santana Garrett match was just because the whole focus of that match was like who Shayna and these girls going to pick right for their 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 fourth partner, and I think they wanted like. Could it be Tainara that Shayna will pick, right? A Judico and all that kind of stuff. So they kind of like, I think Mara was kind of like teasing that it's not going to be her. But mm-hmm. like, you know, I just think uh, that's that was like a little, just kind of keep people thinking like, oh, okay, maybe it's going to be this girl. And and then yeah, it was funny. I didn't think they would follow up with a second women's match right after. That was that kind of surprised me. Honestly, I thought they would throw something else. I, I thought they should have thrown a camera grind squash in there. You know, in between, mm-hmm. they could have shaded off some minutes off. Like I said, Nissan and Garza. And uh, that that would have been fine, but um, but yeah, yeah, that, that shocked me too. But to my surprise, that Shayna Dakota Kai match was actually was really really good. And but you know you know you know what? I, not to say that I don't like it. I get it. But Shayna goes to SmackDown and just whips everyone's ass in front of her. But she and tagged. That- she tagged. Bailey from behind, though. Sure, but she is the badass of all badasses, right? I would have loved to see her win in like a minute and a half. Yeah, but that's that's not the story, though, with Dakota and her. You know, definitely, this is definitely a then then have big it. I'm, I'm, yeah, no, I get it, I get it, but it's like you're trying to tell two different stories at the same time, and in order to tell the story, you take away from your top person which mm-hmm. you know whatever but i just you know what's what what's what what are what do we have our eye on as far as the prize maybe dakota kai is going to become this huge star and i'm just going to be way wrong but, i think uh, it, i think the idea of the match is not it wasn't that shana needs to be dominant destroyer she Dan, shana was dominant in the match she was definitely messing her up and playing with her and toying with her and, and, uh, and abusing her but the idea is like to get over Dakota Kai as this, you know, this heart, right? Show her how she's she keeps fighting back, keeps fighting back, keeps fighting back. Eventually, she gets caught, she gets choked out, and then we have sympathy on her. Then they then she gets passed up to be a team member. And so I, I'm kind honestly like this whole match in post that that little segment with Rhea and, and Dakota Kai not picking her was actually interested me. I'm like, okay, now what's Dakota Kai going to do? Is she mm-hmm. going to heal? Mm-hmm. So um, it, I'm, I'm curious. At least I'm at least I'm curious about the character now than before. All right, let's look at this full gear show. Uh, we have uh, Joey Janela against Sean Spears. <sighs> I now I'm not I'm you know I'm not a big, big Janela fan either. But what do you think? I mean, Sean Spears had a pretty dope shirt he's he's this anti-garbage <laughs> anti-garbage wrestler yeah, wrestling yeah, yeah. wrestler right yeah. and so i think it's a nice it's a he he it's a nice way to get this audience to dislike you right i mean he's basically 
you know, Tully is his manager, but, you know, he's really like Jim Cornette's like hired hand, right? Like that that's who that's what the character is. And I thought that was really brilliant. Now, if he loses to Janela, then shit, I'm I'm gonna be frustrated. But I think when you when you give that contrast, I can dig the Janela thing because I understand the Spears thing and, and and they're actually being smart about and they're recognizing the difference in the styles and and that maybe not all of your fans are for the Janela style. You know, I I don't like it, but you know, a lot of people do and and so I can't say that Is he's it not over. Match? No, it's just a regular match. This one this you talk about frustrating of matches like that, you know, you're talking about how Shayna maybe should have destroyed Dakota Kai like first of all, Sean Spears <laughs> Should have beat the the piss out of Brandon Cutler, right? That that mm-hmm. match should have shouldn't have gone long. I thought so too. And this, and then I see Joe Janela run out, and know what know what frustrated about that whole segment, the whole thing. Where in the hell is Darby Allen? I don't give me don't give me AEW dark. Don't give me that because like mm-hmm. we're talking about casual audience viewers. We're talking about getting over new stars to this this new fan base, right? You're trying to get this new fan base, get these new stars. You have them in a match with Chris Jericho in a main event position. You know, some people loved the match. Some people didn't like the match. But, you know, I enjoyed enjoyed it for the most part. I enjoyed – I thought Darby did a great job of getting himself over. I like the kid. He's unique. He's different. He's a good athlete. He has something about him. And he hasn't been on TV since. Mm-hmm. And that is so frustrating to me. Like, this should be Darby Allen versus Sean Spears, and Darby Allen should get a big win on pay-per-view. You know? Like, why are you wasting so much time? And, and Joey Janela, who I just think is, uh, you know, he's he's a he's an okay guy, I guess, on your show, but he's mostly a job guy to me. So, like, I don't know. Darby has main event potential where Joey Janela is just... Just the guy you have on the show, unfortunately. I mean, you know, you can also say, and I think this is more because of his tag team partner, but, you know, we haven't seen Jungle Boy either. Well, I mean, that I'm giving a pass on that because definitely because, yeah, Luchasaurus is hurt and they they, you know, they had big plans for this tag team and they're getting over so well. So I think they're kind of just laying low with him for a while until Luchasaurus gets back on his feet and then... And they can make a run for you know a tag team title shot because they'll you know they're a fun team. I want to see how long that team's gonna last because I still think you know Jungle Boy should be a singles eventually, and Luchasaurus probably should go heel eventually because you know they had, they need some heels in that damn company. So, so the uh, the tag team championship match is a three way: the Lucha Brothers versus SoCal Uncensored versus Private Party. And my guess is that these guys are just going to go nuts mm-hmm. and maybe even open the show. And this is the kind of the match for, you know, the crowd to, to kind of get into a lot of crazy spots and and a lot of dives for no reason and a lot of no-selling that's probably going to drive you nuts. No, uh, I, mean, I don't, for three ways, I don't mind it. it do, I don't really mind it for three ways because that's, that's in a sense the three ways... Is, is geared to a lot of action, right? So I'm okay with this. I'm okay. Actually, I was kind of dis- disappointed it's going to be a three-way. <laughs> I was like, oh, now we're just kind of forcing a three-way on us, right? Yeah. The bronze medal winners. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, you, you know, this is a perfect show to open the show up with, definitely. Pay-per-view, you want to throw these guys out there to go nuts and just get the crowd just super hyped. And the, the crowd will be hot. 
And then we have Riho against uh, Sakura. So it's kind of weird that she's gonna she, that she's the one who's facing Riho because I feel I, like I feel like like you said that we don't really know her at all. I think and, I think this is just Kenny Omega's giving a bone to someone he respects, right? And you know, and so he's just giving her the the first shot just out of respect thing. But I but I also think the goal is to have the best possible match that you can have with Riho because they are very familiar with each other, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's Yeah, definitely. So But it'd be nice they had some more like 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 a more of a like I think was it Ross or Shivani, maybe just it was actually Opera. So did you notice the, the sound on the commentator is low when it comes to AEW? Like the the hot they pipe in the crowd because that crowd is hot and they're piping it high, higher and sometimes I think it's hard to hear Jim Ross and Shivani and Excalibur too sometimes and it really frustrates hmm. me. Interesting, um, but um, I, yeah, you're right. No, I think it's a good. I think it, I can see they want to have a nice win for Riho and it's 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 cool and all. But I just I just wish I knew more about. I I don't follow a lot of Joshi wrestling, so yeah. I don't know her. What's so what's makes her such a legend? I know she trained a lot of girls, but. You know, what to do? Uh, B Priestley and Britt Baker are going to pre-show, open right? up the pre-show, I believe. Um, and so <laughs> that's it's an interesting. Um, I know you know they're feuding, and I just you know I wonder about just uh, Britt Baker and, and and you know B likes to do a lot of crazy stuff, so. Probably very well that that it's on the pre-show. Yeah. Um, but I, you know, I, I'm I'm rooting for Brit because I know that this is a little bit, uh, you know, being on TV and you know being sort of thrust as one of the faces of of this women's division because she's a very impressive person with her job and she's got a great look and you know her boyfriend is a fantastic wrestler. And so there's a lot of pressure on her to you know to do well and and I feel for her I'm pulling for her even if I think you know she's probably uh a little bit in over her head I do I do want to see her do well because I think from the total package perspective I think she's got a lot of things going for her and uh hopefully she can uh you know just continue to get better because that's kind of the way the way that it works with AEW is all these people who are uh, a little bit green they kind of have to grow up on tv which is not always the easiest thing to do yeah and, and i just hope she doesn't get hurt in this match with uh b Priestley. so she's known to be a little a little dangerous then we have adam page and pack or pack uh pack has already beat him so i wonder what the booking is here because like you said pack has been fantastic um just he's on he's he's Maybe, uh, I, I guess I, I won't say that he's you know the best guy right now in the company, but he's he's pretty much on fire right now. Yeah, no, he's he's my favorite to watch when it comes to wrestling. I think he he lays it out really well, and he tells a good story in his matches. And I like how he he could do all this amazing stuff, but he doesn't do it because he's a heel. Like instead of just doing it because he can, like he's a heel, so he he you know he pulls back on. A lot of flying, but then he could pull out those athletic moves when when need be. So um, I'm looking forward. To it. Should be good. Should be, should be a good match. The Bucks against Santana and Ortiz, which uh, should be pretty good. I know you think Santana and Ortiz are really overrated. 
Uh, but still, you know, they're in a big, they're they're in the big group. They're in the the you know the four horsemen of the of AEW, the inner circle. So, you know, they they are in a good good situation for them. And uh, and I you know I think for the I think not to say that the Bucks are cold, but they have definitely taken a back seat to a lot of other stuff. And I would love to see them have kind of that show out match here with these guys. Yeah, yeah, I think they'll they'll probably lose this one, right? I would think they have to put over Santana and Ortiz in their first big match. Um, yeah, I mean this match will be the a Young Bucks match. That's what they they hire these guys for to have these kind of matches with them, and they complement each other's style. So, I mean, if you're into the Young Bucks style of wrestling and tag team wrestling, this is definitely a match for you. And then Jericho and Cody. Um, I don't know what else there is to say other than. I wonder if Virgil or Soul Train Jones joins the inner circle. Is it who, is it the three judges? <laughs> that yeah, they, they 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 like they they went away from it. I don't know what happened. Yeah, because I was thinking they're gonna do with judges. I think one has to be MJF, right? I haven't watched uh, the countdown special, so maybe I, I I don't know if they announced it there, but I know they did the countdown special on uh, YouTube, mm-hmm. so that's up there. But it seems like. They went away from it, but and I would actually not be bothered if they did because it didn't really make sense to me. But then you know it's it's a big mistake for them to announce something and then go go against it so quickly. Yeah, well, it's, sometimes wrestling companies do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, but if they do, I, I would I, I kind of just thought like okay, this could be maybe uh, uh, not the MJF heel turn, but something leading into it though. If if he's a judge, I mean. You know, what's the reason to have the judges? It's not like these guys have gone to I know, a sixty exactly, minute draw yet. Exactly. It's stupid. Yeah, it's not like it's not like yeah, going on Broadway all these times and then finally there's like either no time limit or now you're having judges and then um, it was always kind of silly, but uh, to do the judges, but it worked in '88 with Sting and Flair, right? Even though you know you had what, a Playboy Bunny and a yeah, that's Eddie what I was Haskell hoping Eddie or, Haskell was going to be <laughs> the, Jason the surprise judge here. So who would it be now? Like who would be the? Uh, Who's the Eddie Haskell? Who's the Eddie Haskell? Is it um, the kid that plays um, uh, on Goldberg's? You know, Big Tasty. He could, oh, I was gonna. Know. I was gonna say uh, Fred Savage. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, because I guess it's an older show, right? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Tony Danza. Just well, like, what's what's the Leave It to Beaver of nineteen, you know, nineteen ninety one or whatever, whatever. I don't know <laughs> uh, that guy from Step by Step, Cody the Goofball. <laughs> oh man, yeah, it's a, some old one for you. <laughs> um. Okay. So and then and then I guess this is the main event because you know it's a non-sanctioned lights out match. Lights out. There's no nothing will go on your record. This is Nothing. pointless. <laughs> we just tell people it's pointless now. I know, I know. I, I, I don't. I don't. I mean, you know, I, I don't understand, really. Yeah. But uh, I mean, I get lights out if you want no rules. Like, okay, hey, we're washing our hands to it, but like, this won't go on your record. Like, I'm gonna go out there and fucking kill myself and beat the shit out of this guy. Possibly get injured and injured him, and it's, I'm not getting any benefit of this. You know. Just seems weird. This is like, see, you can do this if you have the baby face basically saying, "Look, I don't care about titles. I don't care about records. I literally just want to kick this guy's ass mm-hmm. and 
do it any way possible. You know, it's like it's like Rocky going to to Russia to face Drago, and he's like, you know what? It's not for the title. And guess what? I, I, I'm not even going to ask for any money for this fight. <laughs> like that, that's where you go. Okay. This is lights out non-sanctioned, man. I get it. This is, this is kind of an exhibition, but I mean, I don't understand why. I don't know Kenny Omega's record. I assume he's losing this match, right? To Moxley. This is, I I think so. I don't, I don't know. Maybe they don't want him to have a losing record. <laughs> I don't Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's, you know, when you, when you basically write it on your business card that you are going to book better than, you know, than how wrestling is usually booked right now, and you kind of put that out there, you're, you're, you're also going to be criticized when, when it doesn't make sense. I so. mean, nothing, no wrestling company is perfect, though, either, right? And everyone has their moments of like, oh, shit, that was kind of a bad choice, you know, or, mm-hmm. or we should have maybe, you know, said that stip or... You know, tease that if we're not going to deliver. Sometimes you just it just happens, and you have to you know it's something shit happens like you know like guys get hurt, you need to backpedal, and and it looks kind of you know it looks kind of weird. So, all right, so um, yeah, I mean, I what 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 is our schedule for this weekend? So I'm trying to make it five o'clock <laughs> to watch the opening of the show because I really want to see this whole pay per view. I know, I know. So but to just, me, just it's to, gonna cause a lot of chaos if I don't go all night. <laughs> just to let, let 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 some listeners in on on what our plans are. So we had bought tickets to go see the New Japan show in San Jose, which is also going to be on New Japan World, and then. They made the pay-per-view on the same day. So the idea is, is that we're going to start the pay-per-view and we will watch an hour and a half of the pay-per-view, put it on pause, <laughs> go to the New Japan show, which is probably going to be two and a half hours to three hours, watch the New Japan show live, come back, and then watch the uh, watch the rest of the pay-per-view. When we're going to eat, I'm not exactly sure. Okay, I'm throwing, I'm throwing this out there right now. We need to get something and bring it back to the house and watch. Rest. We need. To eat. I I agree, but have, how is Big Dave Meltzer going to get fast food to bring it home? Like that's I not don't his style. Give a shit. <laughs> give that motherfucker a, a sourdough jack or curly fries. He's going to eat piss pork tonight that night because I'm god sure it ain't going to be there at two o'clock in the morning watching. He might uh, pay per view. He might he might have one of his microwavable meals. Or there something. you go. I'm sure he has the subway sandwiches he's buys for the whole week or something. He's ready to go. Um, so yeah. So you know, my hope is is that uh, after this AEW shows over, that I then don't have to record a podcast, <laughs> and then I'm up till three o'clock in the morning. And you know, Brian's probably like, I hope I don't have to record a podcast. <laughs> Garrett's gonna just do it. Uh, uh, even though I say I hope I don't do it, I always have a good time doing it. So. Oh man! Even even late, it it feels it feels like. Uh, so I'm gonna do my best. Get there at five o'clock. Sweeten the wife up, you know. <laughs> get there at five. I do want to see the whole pay per view. It's important to me. I need. I I be like frustrated if I don't watch the whole thing. Then I'm gonna have to stay there and finish it because I want to hit replay. And but uh, but I hope I can kind of get everything in. And now I'm kind of... Let's talk about this New Japan show next if we can real quick. Yep. I'm not hyped for this. Nope. Right when I saw that card, I went, man, why are we going? You know. Well, I- well, here's the thing, right? Is <clears throat> we have had so much fun 
at the new at the New Japan shows, the second that thing went on sale, I was like, "Hey guys, I'm just gonna buy the tickets and and you know we'll have a good seat." But I think the move now is we gotta wait until mm-hmm. they announce the the card because if they if we would have done that, then maybe we we would have decided, hmm, maybe maybe we don't go or, you know, maybe we buy some cheaper seats or something mm-hmm. uh, because the show did. I don't think it sold out. And it's not like the Civic Auditorium is is huge or anything. No, it's like twenty five hundred for wrestling. It's not that big. There's still plenty of seats left, from my understanding. And I was hyped for a short period of time because it's like, yep. okay, they're gonna make this Jushin Liger's last um, U.S. match. We're gonna see it. We're gonna be there live. Who, who did you hope that he was gonna wrestle? Any money but these people in this match. <laughs> Anyone. <laughs> Aaron Polo? Aaron, no, Aaron Solo, Bailey's husband. Solo, yeah. Ba- ba- Solo. Ba- Polo. Ba- ba- Aaron, you're, we're watching too much 93 Raw. <laughs> Aaron Solo, good wrestler, okay wrestler, I would say. Yeah, he's like, he's good. He's, he's fine. I mean, he's going to probably get better now that he's with the LA Dojo. I'm sure he's going to be a lot better. But, I mean, we had him at APW. Fuck. Was it last year? And that, yep. That match was just piss poor <laughs> and uh, but you know i'm sure they'll straighten him out in new japan and um but cole cabana and i, mean, I like scotty but you know it's like not the guy i want to see liger wrestle his last match it's like like you know give me some someone give me someone they couldn't they couldn't, have, they couldn't have brought in brian pillman jr they wouldn't do that but i mean like why not uh taiji shimori you know what i mean mm-hmm. like just someone of or fuck, give me Gato of all God, you know, give me that, you know, like, 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 just, just, just make it like an important match, not like just some throwaway comedy match. And he's probably not even gonna do much in this match as a tag match. Well, he, he and Tanahashi, he and Tanahashi should have just did like a, a gentleman's main event, just oh. like shake the hands, let's go. And there's no Tanahashi on this match. I know. And that main event is interesting. I'm it'll sure be it'll good. Be, it'll be good. I mean, I'm not really that hyped to see Amazing Red. I saw him at the Junior's thing, and I thought, eh, you know, he still can go. You know, he still, but nothing that I'm like, yeah, oh, I gotta this, see him again. This will be a show where we'll enjoy it, but in the back of our minds, we'll be wondering what's going on with the AEW show. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. I'm definitely more interested in the pay per view now, but just uh, and I know you're you're not able to come because you have prior engagement, but. Uh, a few of us are going to see Mick Foley on Sunday in San Jose. He's going to be at the San Jose Improv. And I think the theme of his show is the 20th anniversary of his book, his first book, Have a Nice Day, Tale of Blood and Sweat Socks. Mm-hmm. And he's going to tell stories from that book. So <clears throat> that's that's also my, my wrestling. Uh, my it's, it's, it's a very heavy wrestling weekend for me. It'll be a wrestling weekend that night for me too, my friend. Uh David Herrera, aka Tito Aquino, who I said manage is getting married. So, oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, it'll be fun. Okay, so let's quickly go through the schedule for this weekend of the stuff we haven't talked about, and then we'll get to our '93 Raw stuff. But let's look at the um, the boxing schedule. So, actually, earlier today <clears throat> there was a match. On uh, on the zone, the finals of the uh, the World Series of Boxing, uh, which is uh, the the uh, what weight were they at? The, I mean, these guys are 118 pounds. Um, 
Naoya Inoue, the monster, faced, uh, really, you know, someone who I think a lot of boxing fans, especially if you are of the Filipino descent, are, you know, really behind Nonito uh, Donaire, a Filipino Flash, uh, and Inoue beat him in, in, a, in a, um, a unanimous decision. And I think the the story of this fight now now the the fight so i wake up at six o'clock to watch nxt because i'm trying to watch it before work and i'm kind of scrolling through my twitter feed and i guess the fight had happened maybe an hour and a half to two hours before i'd waken up and so i'm like what the hell this was on DAZN? like i had no idea if if i knew it was on DAZN, maybe i wake up a half an hour earlier and watch this fight so that you know I could be prepared because I, I, I was interested in the fight. I just didn't know when it was on. And so it's on to zone and, uh, and, and it happens. And, and the story of the, the fight is that Donaire, who, you know, is, is, is up there in age. And a lot of people think he, he should, you know, probably should be retired. But this guy, in a way, is maybe, you know, in some cases, he's the top pound for pound guy in boxing. In other, you know, maybe they have him top five, whatever it is. He's the real deal. I mean, they call him the monster, and he weighs 118 pounds. <laughs> so uh, he's, you know, he fights in Japan. Um, and the story after the fight is that he signs with Top Rank so that Bob Arum and company can bring him stateside. He'll, he'll be located uh, out of L.A., and uh, they're going to showcase him in the U.S. because they think he can be a little bit of a crossover star. We'll see how big. Uh, I think, you know, the the pie in the sky is that, you know, he can be uh, maybe a poor man's Manny Pacquiao. But, uh, you know, we'll see. We'll see if he if he can do that. He, he's he's amazing. Uh, he's I mean, he's throwing crazy haymakers in Donaire was hanging in there. And uh, showing tons of heart. So that fight happened this morning. I was so mad when I woke up because I was like, how come I didn't get seven emails from DAZN telling me that this fight was going to be on? Mm -hmm. Um, So that was the fight this weekend. uh, Or, I'm sorry, this week. Last weekend was Canelo and Kovalev, which I watched after the UFC show. And I know you didn't watch it, but I wanted to ask you something about it because... So... The idea behind this fight was, because DAZN is subscription-based, they didn't want to run concurrently with the Nate Diaz and Jorge Masvidal main event, because they're trying to get as many buys as humanly possible in Q4, because they have a great slate for Q4. And so, <clears throat> the uh, the Ryan Garcia semi-main event ends and i think we're still in the semi-main event in in uh in ufc so you have the semi-main event and then you have diaz and masvidal still to go and so kovalev and canelo they just wait and they waited like an hour and a half until the diaz uh and masvidal fight was over before they put on their main event and so my question to you is if you were to zone are you waiting for that fight knowing that there's going to be some crossover buys or do you just go what the hell why are we waiting for ufc they should be waiting for us we're boxing Mm -hmm. like what side do you stand on i think it's bullshit they had to make those fighters wait that long you know i think it's you know fighters are you know they peak at a certain time they're ready to go at a certain time you can't have these guys waiting and and you know a lot can happen with that 
waiting that time. An hour and a half? That's ridiculous. I, I didn't see the fight, obviously. I didn't see. But I saw the feedback on Twitter, and I was just like, man, this uh, poor poor guys. You know, I, I would be pissed off, you know. And, and these poor guys had to stay focused, right? They had to, you know, they had to keep visualizing. But now they're visualizing and visualizing for an hour and a half. And uh, But if I was the zone, yeah, you know, like, just put it on. You know, like, make people decide, right? I mean, why... Why, why, why do that? You know. Now, to to zone's credit, did it work? I think it worked, <laughs> but lots of the boxing fan bases were really mad that they waited for the UFC because the UFC wasn't going to wait for them, right? I like, just saw so. like a lot of people like at least on my Facebook page and some Twitter, uh, they would have like both screens up. Right, yep. and everyone's like, "Damn, man!" And then everyone's response like, "Man, you paid a lot of money for that." He's like, "No, man, legal streams <laughs> like, <laughs> on both sides." I was like, oh "My God, are you even paying for this anymore?" All right, so the boxing schedule for the rest of this week on um, on the ninth. So we're talking Saturday, Jamal Herrig against Lamont Roach Jr. on ESPN Plus from Fresno, and then on DAZN. Get this. I don't know how I don't know if you know these guys or not, but YouTube stars mm-hmm. Logan Paul and KSI. The rematch, right? The rematch yes. as pros without headgear, six rounds at Staples. I think the ticket sales are doing really well. Uh cruiserweights. And again, this is something if you want to criticize DeZone for experimenting, you definitely can. I'm sure old school boxing heads are very upset that, um, you know, Devin Haney, who's an up-and-coming star, and Billy Joe Saunders, who's the uh, super middleweight champion, they are playing second fiddle to KSI and Logan Paul. Though, KSI and Logan Paul are very much the draw in this fight. So just a very interesting show. Now, you know, we'll, we'll be we'll be at the New Japan show, so we'll, we won't be able to watch this. I, I may throw it on my phone if if I get a chance, just to see the spectacle of it, like Vince McMahon has got to be really proud with this DAZN show <laughs> here, but uh, but yeah, so so th- those are the fights for um, for this weekend, and for MMA, we have a um, there's a Bellator show on uh, on Friday, not a, not a very big show, and then on Saturday there's the UFC Fight Night from Moscow. And then, uh, and then that's about it. I know there's a KSW show, also in a one show, but uh, but yeah, Z- uh, Zabit against Qatar is the main event of the Moscow show. Now, did you hear anything about the uh, the UFC show for Madison Square Garden, other than the fact that you went 0 for six in your picks? Why you gotta rub that in, man? <laughs> I went one for five. It was a tough card, man. A lot of these, it was tough to pick them. It was a lot of definitely was the one that's going to turn the tide. Now I'm not in first place anymore. I'm not going to win. Well, we don't win anything. But. Well, we got well, we got one more though. We have we have one more card left to uh, to, to to make a comeback. You're well, only behind on this. Okay, on this Moscow card, if my girl Jessica Rose Clark wins, then I win the year. I love that girl. So, so who's she fighting? She is fighting. I got up here. Penny, or uh, I'm not even saying that right. Penny Kaizad? <laughs> Must be from Russia. I don't know. I don't know I don't know where she's from, but but I hope she wins. She's she's a cool chick. 
All right, and then the pro wrestling schedule. We've already talked about the New Japan show and the AEW show. I think there is a GCW show, a Game Changer Wrestling show from LA. Um, let's see. There's also, I think like that's the main show. I know there's some other smaller shows this weekend, but that would be the main show after the AEW show. So AEW's kind of, uh, you know, the, the, this is their... This is their week, their weekend to shine. They're kind of all by themselves. Not a whole lot of competition. Uh, obviously, when you um, when you run uh, Saturday night instead of Sunday, you know you risk just people being out on Saturday. But this is the you know they the Saturday is their is their night to run pay per views. So uh, I, I'm I don't know what their pay per view expected buy rate is going to be. But, you know, we'll see, you know, we'll see if this Cody stuff is working for the casual fan base like it's working for their, uh, you know, their 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 hardcore fan base. You couldn't do Jushin Liger versus Rocky Romero. <laughs> that would have been fun. Dude, I was just, that just came to me right now. Like, that's the perfect last match for Jushin Thunder Liger. Give him 15 minutes, man. Yep, I agree. I agree. That's better than what they could have done, especially when you're Aaron when you're, Solo, <clears throat> Jushin Liger's last match. God well, damn. also right, especially when you are telling the fan base this is his last U.S. match. You create the expectation that it's going to be special, and then you don't give them anything special. Yeah, it's it's just like that year they had his last junior junior tournament and he went like oh what one for or whatever it was it's like you could at least have him in it you know towards the end and build some like special moment and it's jushin thunder liger i mean one of my all-time favorites but a true a legitimate legend we're not talking about you know wwe legendary uh you know medusa you know we're talking about legit legend here you know man you just took a shot at Medusa. Right I mean, I mean you, know, you know how Legends is just thrown around a lot, you know? like Coco Beware, Hall of Famer yeah, Coco Beware. You know, I'm just saying, like, you know what I'm talking about. Not this show. Uh, I'm not sorry, Medusa. I love you. You're good. But I'm just saying, uh, like, you know. We're going to talk about Medusa in a little bit. Not that she was on the Raw show, but I do have some old school news from 93 Observers about Medusa. I'm, I'm ready to talk about this Raw. So before we talk about it... Last week we mentioned that you know we're kind of getting close to the end of the year, and what are we gonna do after '93 Raw? You know what are we gonna watch starting in January? And we've you know we've thrown around some ideas. Some folks on our Facebook uh, group for the Fight Game Podcast Facebook group they've thrown around some ideas. I've, we've heard ECW. I even threw out uh, Smoky Mountain because someone showed me a playlist of like all the episodes of Smoky Mountain. <laughs> And uh, but there's you know lots of different ideas. Someone threw out WCW Saturday Night during the Watts era, and one of my things is like I can't do a two hour show. It's got to be an hour. The hour show is so clutch for us to talk about because it's so quick to go through and it's not hard to research. Um, because or else Don't I would love to rewatch it. Don't I would love to rewatch that stuff, but the the hour is especially with us watching so much wrestling on Wednesday. It's uh, the hour is so good. So Jason Hag- I, Jason Hackholm and I are doing WCW Saturday Night. <laughs> <laughs> well, he does he does have a podcast now. Shout out to Jason. He does a podcast, and you know what? I wish I knew the title of the podcast because um, 
He's doing a podcast about the AEW show. I saw that he... Uh, I forget who he's doing it with, but let me, let me see if he's tweeted it out anywhere. Oh, it's called All Elite Review Show with Jason Hagholm and Kevin Laramie. And they are doing it for Down the Aisle Wrestling. So if you want to uh, hear the pre the the uh, formerly known as the Dirty White Boy, uh, he's he's doing a, a an AEW review show. Or now we're going to be doing Saturday night. Because I really want to watch Saturday <laughs> night. <laughs> Give me an excuse to rewatch all that old stuff, man. Please. Oh, my God. Um, and, and, you know, look, Jason's show is pretty slick. They they uh, It's a video podcast. I'm sure they do the audio version, too. But the host is, uh, he's got, like, he, he's got a video of himself in front of a mic. He's got his headset on, his jean jacket. And then in the background is a picture of the AEW arena. So it kind of looks like he's, like, at the arena, but he's not. That's cool. And, and then... Uh, Jason's on the other side, but Jason needs a little bit of live video, too, because he's just a static photo of him <laughs> dressed very nicely, looking handsome in a suit and a, and a tie, but he's not he doesn't have the video like the other guy, the side-by-side. So, uh, shout-out to uh, to those guys and and good stuff with doing the podcast. Okay, so we, uh, so we are undecided, though I, th- I have a pretty good idea of what I want to do, but if you have any ideas, tweet them at us, at Fight Game Media. Um, or on the on the podcast page, the podcast group, uh, if you have any any ideas of what you want us to review, I, I like I said, I kind of think I know what I want to do, and I think John has bought in, but we're not a hundred percent sure. So keep throwing those ideas out. But we have the November eighth, nineteen ninety three episode of Monday Night Raw to talk about, and this show is pretty chaotic um to the point of Vince McMahon taking a bump at the uh, near, near in, in sort of the main event segment here so interesting show i still think you know the the leading up to the SummerSlam were some of the really good shows where they just felt like they were on fire and i don't feel that way anymore leading up to survivor series now we're we're we're, we're limping in we're limping into the beginning of the year. That's what it seems like to me. Um, they, they definitely need an infusion of some new talent, for sure. So the uh, introduction, the video package, is Ludwig Borga facing Scott Steiner. And Vince, <laughs> knowing that Borga's character is kind of like this... I don't know, he's not a Nazi, but like that's kind of the way that they present him. Vince says that Ludwig Vorga is going to try and eliminate Scott Steiner. Not 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 the best usage of words there, Vince. So the show is from a city called Bushkill, Pennsylvania. Not in Poughkeepsie, not in the Manhattan Center, Bushkill, Pennsylvania. Um, Shout out to Bushwick Bill, rest in peace. I mean, nothing to go with him. Well, well, we know that our buddy Nick was not at this show. No, no. Hey, this is this is like, what is Bushkill? What's the population of Bushkill? I don't know. Well, this is the time when they were running these really small buildings. You know, they were having a hard time drawing. 
So Macho Man is back after his lacerated tongue, and last week Heenan's making fun of him throughout the entire show. Uh, Macho is back. The reason he's back, though, is because he can't wait for Crush to come out for his match because he just wants to jump Crush and create havoc and and matches you know Mach is not playing pro wrestler here on this show he is a scary guy on this show like i i felt like man i did not want to be crushed tonight yeah yeah and he always plays a great crazy man right he always he's always that 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 the loose cannon character you know yeah. i know he tried to do it and after Pillman left in WCW, and he did it really well, but um, not you know not as legendary as Brian Pillman did. But he's always has that like like what's the, you just never know what Macho to do, and that's what that's why I love about Macho. He's always so different, unique. It's just nice to see him in a a meaningful program right now, you know, instead of just being a play by play guy, which I think is like so under. I don't know why. I know Vince is like he gets like oh you're getting too old, we gotta you know retire you from the ring early, but it's like, as Macho proved in WCW, he had a lot, a lot of years left in him, you know, quality stuff. So Heenan, in the first, uh, the opening segment of the show, he's wearing a parachute, but I think he's wearing it backwards. Mm -hmm. And the reason why he's wearing this parachute is to make fun of the Riddick Bow and Evander Holyfield fight in which the guy parachuted from I forget where he parachuted from, but he his landing spot was going to be in the middle of the ring at this big boxing fight. And I remember watching this live thinking like, what the hell's going on? They have the camera on this guy mm-hmm. for you know the length of, of his uh of his parachuting, knowing that he was gonna land in the ring. And uh, it's kind of crazy, man. I mean, I think today you shoot the guy down. Like, you don't let him. You don't know what he's going to do. He could be, you know, he could be uh, someone attacking people. Like, so he probably, his parachute probably gets shot down. And, uh, but no, in in this day, he landed in the ring and then they kind of uh, beat the hell out of him. Exactly in the ring, right? Didn't he, like, hit the ropes or something? Yeah, I think he hit the rope. So uh, they were making fun of that. And uh, and then the um, the lamest thing, you know, we, we, we mentioned last time about the, the Shawn Michaels, should he be let back, should he not be let back, you know, give us your dollar to vote. They did another one this time. It was vote on which babyface faces Pierre the Quebecer next week. And here are your contestants. <laughs> Marty Janetti. The one, two, three kid, Doink the Clown, or the guy that they built a bus for and spent all this money publicizing all summer long, Lex Luger. Yeah, I'm hoping one, two, three kid gets it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, as you can imagine, Lex Luger won. Only 63%, though. I, only sixty three percent. Right, you're exactly right. And Vince is like not like he's not even pushing anybody else except for Lex. It's like you know he saves Lex for last. You know, oh, the, you know the the all American Lex Luke gets all excited for Lex. Not as excited for Marty or one two three kid or Doink. So was this a a shoot? Because I mean sixty three percent sounds like a a shoot, right? Or he well, wanted to make it sound a little more 
Compet- you know, he said landslide. He still says 63%, which I'm like, wait, this- so there are other people voted for some of the people on this show. You know? Well, I, I wondered, okay, let- let's say that Vince does this in 1986, and he's like, either vote for Hogan. Savannah, uh, Savannah Jack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Savannah Jack, Tito Santana, or um, SD Jones. And Hogan, Hogan probably wins ninety five percent to the five percent who wanted Tito to win, right? Like yeah. Lex only won sixty three percent. So I think I feel like that had to be real. And also, I felt like man, I thought Lex was gonna win like eighty percent to like you know ten and five and five. If you want to do the gimmick where you're trying to get some money out of this nine hundred number, right? Can you just announce the match and then stip the elation be the one you pick? Yeah, Taboo Tuesday. Yeah, like like a cage match, chain match, uh, a giant pole on a pole match. I don't know, like something. Spin the wheel, make a deal. Yeah, like wouldn't that be like, instead of like jerking our chain, we know it's going to be Lex Luger. Uh, <laughs> you know, like just, just make it Lex Luger's Pierre, but a special stipulation. Yeah, so uh, first match, Borga against Scotty Steiner. And I'm watching this match, and I get the same feeling with Scotty, when I used to watch him wrestle in WCW, I was like, man, this guy's going to be a future champion one day. I li- I just like him as a singles wrestler, as a babyface during this time frame. I just thought, you know, he just looked like he was the, you know, he had everything. Um, I don't know if, uh, you know, actually Ludwig did do something that I thought was impressive, which was he went to the top rope and he did a great clothesline flying clothesline from the top rope and that was about what he could do because the rest of this match was long uh boston crab spot they went to some sort of uh, arm uh arm submission and then uh obviously ends up with rick coming out ends up with uh jacques coming out with uh, pierre coming out so it did end up in kind of like you know a double disqualification or whatever but they are setting up survivor series but for that moment, I was like, wow, Ludwig Borga, pretty cool flying clothesline. But that was kind of it for him. Yeah, the match was going good until Ludwig got blown up. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he was, he was struggling. He was out of position for a lot of stuff. Um, uh, again, you know, Scott didn't have the best night either. Like, like, you know, he came up short on a drop kick. That, that flying drop kick where he, like, kicked him in the kneecaps? Well, no, not the flying drop kick, just the standing drop kick was for oh. short, you know, like, uh, he, he whiffed that one. Um, but yeah, the drop kick off the top is, uh, you know, it would, you know, what's the name didn't come and feed it. He didn't feed into it. He's so blown up. And at the end, <laughs> he was like, his head's down on the apron. He is so blown up. Uh, but the beginning was good. The beginning, like, oh man, this actually is a fun little match. And all of a sudden, I'm like, oh. Someone was out yet late at night, or you know, he does not used to go in this long in a while, and it just uh, he probably was just doing squ- mainly squashes for the most part. I know he did some stuff in the house shows, but they weren't. Well, that he had the, he had the match with Tatanka. I don't even know how long that. Yeah, match was. yeah, yeah. We gotta watch. That. I mean, they didn't really show too much clips of that one, so I wonder how that ended. No, they just, yeah, they just showed the end. I'm sure it's on YouTube somewhere. Um, so Jeff Jarrett does another one of his uh, his things. This time it is in front of the Grand Ole Opry. And he says that uh, he starts. He calls out a couple of uh, of country artists, and he says that you know, 
I think he says that they're they're dead or their career is dead, but he calls out Conway Twitty and he calls out George Jones. And then he relates th- either these men or their career. I know George Jones isn't dead, but he relates their careers to being dead to the Undertaker. And he calls out the Undertaker. Um, not as good as the other two promos. I, I didn't exactly know where he was trying to go with this one, but uh, you know, I, I, at this point, we're three promos in. We need to see Double J in the ring. I don't know how many more times that he can do this. Yeah, I think uh, Tony Falk, longtime Memphis wrestler, job guy, did about a million gimmicks. He was the limo driver, I believe. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so. Next match, you know, after we just see Ludwig Borga, this is like seeing Tainara and Dakota Kai back-to-back for me. Men on a Mission come out next, and they do their squash match. I didn't even catch who the guys were, who they fought. Student. Corey Student. And then, and then there was one other. I don't know who the other yeah, guy I, was. I didn't get the guy's name, but I, they didn't do a graphic or anything. But I know one was Corey Student because we've seen him before. And Yeah. And, like, I don't know if you should book Corey Student with Mabel. I mean, Mabel's bit tall, but also very wise, so he's a massive human being. The student's just tall, so it kind of, like, took away from, like, you know, the height of this Mabel in this. I thought that was interesting. Like, I would have put someone smaller for him to, to squash. And, and, yeah, it was, uh, it was okay. It was, I just, I just, like, I enjoy watching uh, Mo try to dance. Because <laughs> like, that country boy, he's, like, the only guy that doesn't have any soul in him. You know what I mean? Like, he's just like, oh, hey, So the best part of this to me was Bobby the Brain Heenan bringing up Whoopi Goldberg and Ted Danson. (laughs) You almost forget that they were an actual couple in 1993. And didn't he do like Ted Danson on like her roast or something? Did like a. He came out in blackface. Blackface, that's right. That's right. Can you imagine Ted Danson at one time, one of the coolest guys ever because of being Sam Mayday Malone in Cheers. And then, you know, I think he's still, I think he's, he's, he had a really good uh, second half of his career because he's, I think he's in, what, is he in The Good Place? He's in one of those like shows that, 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 that were really Becker good. Too? Yeah, Becker yeah. So, so he, but, you know, Mayday Malone was at a different yeah. level, but. My, 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 my hero growing up. Yeah, you know? this is amazing. Um, all right, so then the Survivor Series report. Again, our guy Joe Fowler's done. Um, so the whole the whole thing to this report was who replaces Tatanka. Uh, Tatanka's out of the match, and they're going to announce a replacement. I think they said on Superstars or something. So uh, then uh, they also announced Rock and Roll Express against the Heavenly Bodies at Survivor Series. Mm-hmm. Of all people... Double J just says that he wants a piece of this guy. The Undertaker does a commercial for drinking and driving. And he says something to the effect of, you know, you will be you'll be buried and have to rest in peace or something. Of all people, The Undertaker, he is doing Drinking and driving commercials, not well. Yeah, because if you if you do that, you're gonna end up seeing the Undertaker. Makes sense. Okay, but can't you have like a real like a another like non serious card? Like 
I feel like the Undertaker is like this is above. He's above the pay grade of this role. No, he's not. You remember that great commercial of the year? Just say nope to dope. Remember? And he popped <laughs> <Yes>. up. <laughs> yes, this is right. a spot, man. Nineteen eighty-three. Right. He is very into PSAs. You're right. You're right. All right. So uh, next match was uh, Rick Martel against John Paul. Yeah, John Paul uh, worked at, like AWA Memphis. Uh, uh, you know, had a you know had a career. A little you know, he was a decent worker. Definitely. I thought he. Uh, I thought he was okay in this match and Martel obviously gave him a little bit um he had a little bit of babyface fire in him I kind of was you know I, I was buying it you know a lot of times when when you watch these kind of matches like ah you know the heels just gonna give him something then he's gonna kill I'm him but to... I was kind of I was kind of buying him as a as a babyface underdog no he was he was gonna try to remember who he teamed with was it Mark Starr or Tracy Smothers in Memphis and like 87 88 ish and Vince yeah. Vince kept making fun of him though. Like yeah. he Vince was like not happy with this guy or or something, but Rick Rick uh, you know, I don't know if Rick liked him or whatever, but Rick gave or him a little someone bit. Someone liked him there. I mean, this is 93, so who's fucking back there is I don't think Jerry's there yet. Right. I think he comes in 94. So, mm-hmm. but there's there or Cornette's there, you know, Cornette's doing stuff, so maybe he's like, "Hey, this guy has some talent, you know. Let him get a couple arm drags and uh and a drop kick in or something, yeah. Next match is Crush against Dan Dubiel. And at this point, Savage is not, he, you know, takes off the headset. He's like, he he's like Usain Bolt getting ready to, uh, to run, you know, the 800 or whatever, the 100. And he's like, a, he, he, he's in a stance, like he's ready to go after Crush. He's ready to jump Crush, like nobody's business. And, you know, they, they, Vince is always like, you know, you're an announcer and, you know, you'll get in trouble if you do this. And he's like trying to hold Savage back. Crush comes out without music. I didn't hear Crush's music, but somehow Savage knew he was coming out. And Savage dumps Vince on his ass. He just tosses him like, dude, get away from me. This is how pissed off I am. I th- I I wish Vince sold it a little bit more than he did. He kind of like didn't. He wasn't upset about it. He was just kind of like, "Oh wow, you know, he's really mad." I wish he would have sold it a little bit more. But I thought that was really cool. Yeah, no, it was. It was definitely this. I liked it. This is the best part of the show. This is all this, this craziness and chaos. Um, I thought they should have showed Crush coming out. There's no shot of Crush like making an entrance. It was just all you heard of. He's coming out, and you see. You see you know, you know, Savage becoming unglued, just you know, like a like a like a rabid dog wanting to go after him. So there was like they missed a shot of this crush coming out. It, <laughs> it, was, it was weird, weird, very strange. So I'm completely nitpicking here. The only thing that I recognize that wasn't good is uh, Savage is going after Crush. All Fuji wants to do is just like stand there and just make sure that he doesn't get involved whatsoever because like you know he's the manager like he's got the he's got the flag and you know he's a he's an evil manager and he used to be a wrestler and he's just standing there as if nothing is happening like uh this is i'm not involved at all i don't think fuji at this time his career is that spry (laughs) you know i don't think he really wanted to do much and then uh so then you know they 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 get they get them apart. They lock Crush in uh, in a room. Savage comes back out to do commentary. He's so pissed off. 
And uh, the next match is Bob Backlund against Barry Horowitz. So Crush gets out. He he unlocks or he busts through the door that they locked him in the back. And then um, Savage just chases him. And so they split they split them up and eventually they throw them both out of the building. And then you see them fighting in the outside. Really cool. What happened to Bob Backlund's match? <laughs> Just, he I had a match. Sit- they went to commercial and then they came back and no match anymore. I was waiting for Vince to say, Oh, we know, unfortunately, sorry, we had to cut away from the Bob Backlund Bear Hortz matchup that you're all waiting to see. And, uh, you know, the fort- you know, the winner was Bob Backlund with the, with, with the inside cradle, but he never mm-hmm. even mentioned it. Nope. You know, poor, nope. And I was looking forward to that match, actually. I was like, oh, shit, you know, Bob Backlund, Barry Horace, this could be good. And then we get the angle. But the angle was good and fun. That was, that was really cool. So uh, next week, we get Lex and Pierre. And a few things that were happening around this time in wrestling. So I don't think I mentioned this last week, but last week, during the, uh, the middle of the week, the f- infamous Arn Anderson... Sid Vicious scissors fight happens. Yeah, we talked about it a little bit, little bit last week. Uh, and, and, you know, if you want to hear the full story, you know, we talked about that a lot on the, the uh, We Want Flair podcast with uh, uh, Rick going up against Big Van Vader. But, um, but basically the, um, the breakdown is that is Sid coming back? Um, what do they do with him? He's, you know, he's left them before and then, then he's been fired by WWE and is he valuable? Like, why do we, why, why do you keep dealing with Sid Vicious? Mm -hmm. That's, that's a lot of the story. Um, the Survivor Series preview show is going to be a two hour show. The main event is supposed to be Bret Hart against Yokozuna. The reason we saw Backlund on Raw is because Mr. Perfect is off the road, and uh, Big Dave doesn't really know why. He just asked to be off the road for a little bit, and Backlund is his replacement. Um, Matt Osborne is not doink right now. He is pretty much gone, and so it's uh, Steve Lombardi. And who? Which, which of the Apollo guys do I keep screwing up is the one that does doink? It's not Phil. Ray. Ray Apollo. Ray Apollo. Okay. Ray Apollo. And the reason why I mentioned Medusa before we got into this is because Dave writes that Greg the Hammer Valentine is coming back, which means that Medusa is probably coming in at the same time. And so I was like, huh. What, what like what relationship did they have? And I did a little bit of Googling, and I guess they were a couple at some point. Yep, that's true. I didn't know that. Yeah, they had. I don't know how long it lasted. How and they had this big whirlwind romance, and I don't see them together. Honestly, they met. I mean, they met in '92 at WCW, and they just fell in love. And... <laughs> Throw Mama from the train, Greg Valentine. By then, um. And and so uh, I, th- I I googled something and I and I found an old thread where it was about four years ago I think probably right when a lot of this uh, women's revolution stuff was kind of starting to bubble and someone asked Greg at a, maybe it was at a Q and A or something you know what do you think about these what do we, what do you think about this women's uh, women's wrestling and he's like I think it's terrible I think they take away 
spots from the guys. Like I, I wish that, I wish it didn't happen. <laughs> and so then someone asked Medusa, and Medusa was like, "He's she's like he's he's you know he's just trying to." get a job or he's trying to play a character or something but someone asked her about her old boyfriend Greg Valentine's comments on women's wrestling in uh, 2015 all right so that is it for this show again you know we are on a little bit of a downward spiral with these raws of late I still find them very easy to watch and I still look forward to Heenan because Heenan is you know he's pretty much on fire every show but uh, yeah, you know the 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 wrestling in of itself is has not been all that good, and the angles are not all that interesting. But um, I, I, I'm trying to remember: is Survivor Series good? No. Is it a good show? No, I don't think so. It's I'm pretty sure it's not bad, but it just has like a lot of just no energy to it. I do know, I know for the fact because it's in the Boston Gardens and. The crowd is just like I know during that match with the Smoky Mountain Tag Team Champions or Rock and Roll Respect Heavenly Bodies, this crowd up north could give two shits, and they're working their ass <laughs> off. They're doing all this stuff, all these spots. Cornette's doing all this stuff that he's trying to get heat, and it's just it just it just does not work. But they go crazy for the four doinks. So there you go. <laughs> I think I have. I'm pretty sure I had this uh, on a on a VHS tape. And I, uh, uh, not not one that I watched to death like WrestleMania four. It's funny because one th- one thing I do remember about that pay per view is not what happened on that pay per view, but it's a conversation I had with another another wrestler, a guy um, that you know smartened me up. One of the guys that smartened me up the business when I was getting into it in '97, uh, Michael Modest, mm-hmm. and we were talking about wrestling and some you know i you know i always talked about the story like you know my dad would always walk in when you know paul bearer and um and undertaker on the screen right mainly paul more paul bearer than undertaker my dad gave me a bunch of hell for watching this what you're still watching this crap well michael Mattis has the same story about survivor series 93 like here comes the four doinks and his dad <laughs> goes this is what you want to get involved with you know, this is what you want to be into. This is what you want to do in your your life. And he's watching his pay per view and it's holding his head, holding his head in shame as the four <laughs> doinks come out. That's hilarious. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you know, we'll have uh, two weeks. We'll have uh, the pay per view, and uh, you know, even even though, like I said, SummerSlam they felt hot, and Survivor Series they don't feel that hot. I, I'm still kind of intrigued to watch this show i mean it's lessening you know week after week but uh i'm still i'm still looking forward to it so you know we'll we'll have uh we'll we'll get there and we'll 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 do our our watch of survivor series as well but um yeah that's it for here do you think Uh, medusa went to greg valentine and wcw said you know what greg i want to start using the figure four (laughs) and he's like well let me show you how i'll show you how you do it they did it, and they like locked eyes, like you know, and they just like fell in love. <laughs> that that could work. That reminds me of. No, the, I'm trying uh, to explain. I, I got to talk to Medusa about. Well, she might hate me now because I called her not a legend, but yeah. Yeah, I don't know why you used her of all people. I just came to my head. I don't know Medusa. Maybe I maybe this, I knew what's going on later with this comment. You know, even though we call we call it in the ring here at uh, 
Fight Game <laughs> Podcast. <laughs> um, all right, yeah. So uh, so we are out of here. Uh, we'll be back next week, and uh, we'll talk about AEW's full gear, um, and uh, and hopefully you know WWE keeps it up with uh, with their TV, and we'll have some other stuff to talk about. And, uh, you know, we are getting pretty close. We are now a month out of Anthony Joshua and uh, Andy Ruiz, the, the, uh, the rematch to the, one of the biggest upsets in boxing. So tons of stuff that we'll talk about. There's a, there, you know, in, 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 a, in a month and a, a week, I think, is uh, the UFC show where they have like three title matches and then Uriah Faber and uh, Jose Aldo uh, in the first two matches. <laughs> Which is which is kind of funny, but uh, but yeah. So uh, we'll be back, and uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully, we'll have some good stuff to talk about next week. So for John, I am Double G. We will see you when we see you. Peace out.